I am the ghost of role-playing games past. I am the ghost of role-playing games present. And I am the ghost of role-playing games yet to come. Spirit, I know the hour is growing late, and as I know you are here to do me good, I ask you, I beg you, I beseech you, tell me, tell me which games I should buy. This week on Modified Rolls. episode of Modified Rolls, where we know that the the time of buying things for the ones you love is upon us, as it is wont to do once a year. Around or the year. time of buying things for yourself. I mean, that as well. Uh, and we're here to shout out some of our favorite RPGs that you could buy for your nerdy loved one or nerdy loved self. And just to talk about some cool RPGs that either came out last year or maybe coming out soon next year that are on Kickstarter. Yeah, um, yeah. if you have the patience or know somebody who would just appreciate you uh, backing a game in their name, that's kind of cool. Uh, kind of cool. Who are we kidding? That's amazing. You'd be awesome. That that would actually be a really cool gift to a lot of big nerds out there, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Please save me money from all the money I throw at Kickstarter. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I will also put this out there. Uh, listeners... There's a lot less voices this week than there are normally. Yes. Uh, that's because we are a group of very busy people, so there are three of us sitting around this Zoom call tonight. Hey, who is that? Is that the ghost of... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Why did you just show up with like a sheet over my head? Just like, yep, it's me, the ghost. <laughs> of Well, of RPGs yet to come is what... Like, yeah. yeah. So that means I'm the spookiest. You know, it's funny. Know. I was it's actually going to tie that into the fact that the three of us... This is Rainy, Christian, and Sarah. Uh, the three of us are actually in the process of making an RPG yet to come. But that's we right. don't have to talk about that. That's that's a little spoiler for the that's future. That's a teaser. Yeah, that's a teaser. Is, what is, that is. is that the first public teaser about it is. the game we're it working is indeed. on? Don't say the name yet. No. But that's not what this episode's about. This episode is about games that you could get now or in the near future uh, for holiday seasons or birthdays or any reason whatsoever just spoil yourself it's payday um so i think the best way to do this and you guys can tell me what you think is probably to talk about the big genres maybe of rpgs and then talk about you know obviously the big names but also maybe some indie games or some lesser known titles that deserve some recognition since that's kind of what our whole channel is about is uh showing people more games heck yeah so Let's start out with the big one, the the numero uno, the one everyone knows, loves, and chats about. Good old fantasy RPGs. Sort of where it all started. I have a really good recommendation for that, actually, for this holiday season. Uh, if you have someone you love, even if that someone is just yourself, and you want to get a new game, uh, and you've never checked it out before, and this is a game I never checked out before, and it's a very, very old game, uh, some of it actually predates Dungeons and Dragons, so it's way back in the olden days. Uh, RuneQuest by Chaosium, which is a, a fantasy role-playing game. Uh, they just released a starter set for their new edition. 
Uh, and I will tell you, and you don't have to just believe me, you can Google it. It is the best starter set I have ever seen for any RPG, hands down, period. 30 bucks. I think the thing weighs about four pounds. Uh, it is just packed full of maps and information. And the world of Glorantha, which is where you know the fantasy world um, is unlike anything you will have seen anywhere else. Uh, it is a very, very different sort of fantasy. Uh, it is a Bronze Age fantasy. It is not your typical kind of medieval fantasy. Uh, and it absolutely blew me out of the water when I got it. So check it out. I avoided checking it out for a long time because I was like, why do I need another fantasy role-playing game? Uh, you do. You need RuneQuest. So buy it. So I will give a quick shout out. So I, 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 I might be cheating a little bit because this one kind of bounces into a few genres. That's fair. That's safe. Throw it out. Covering a lot of bases. All right. Cool. So this this game uh, includes rules for various settings. However, I have been so excited to talk about it. It is Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Oh yes. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is an incredibly gorgeous uh, book and game. Uh, The 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 description of it. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is a role-playing game for telling queer stories with friends. If you love angsty disaster lesbians with swords, you have come from the right place. A sword duel can end in kissing, a witch can gain her powers by helping others find love, an entire campaign can be built around wandering matchmakers flying from system to system. Uh, That sounds awesome. It's wonderful. Can you Uh, imagine playing, like, Million Dollar Matchmaker, the RPG? (laughs) Sorry. Isn't that a show? Yes, and I love it. Yeah. The, the classes are extremely unique. Um, they offer for a lot of diverse character creation. Um, the book itself is, not only is the art gorgeous, the writing is clever and funny and smart, um, and offers a lot of just other good insider info uh, for people who may not be as familiar with certain aspects of, like, the LGBTQ plus community, for example. There's, like, a whole glossary page of, like, definitions, and... Just, I love it. It is gorgeous to look at, and I cannot wait to play in its world. Awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. That's cool. Um, Fantasy is kind of my jam. (laughs) So if we're talking fantasy RPGs, I have quite a few. Uh, I will not go through all of them, but I will talk about a few that I think are really, really great games um, that you can just grab and go through. Obviously, everyone's going to know Dungeons & Dragons. There's going to be gift gift bundles and things like that that they're coming out with uh i think there's they always do a holiday like you know the three main ones and they're coming out the one that's going to be like xanathar's the new more yeah the expansion or whatever it is yeah yeah so you can always do that that's a safe bet everyone plays dnd 5e that is kind of the best thing about it is that you can find games for it um i will recommend a couple that you probably have not heard of um because that's just how i like to roll so, uh, super fun fantasy games. I would recommend Ryutama. Ryutama is a, a Japanese natural role-playing game. Basically, think of playing through a Miyazaki movie. Uh, it is like playing through a Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. Uh, the world of Ryutama is ruled by dragons. There are ma- like huge dragons that do world things there are seasonal dragons there are dragons for the rain and for clouds and for wind and for trees and like it's just cute but the whole thing is people have to in their life go on one journey and they can do it when they're like 15 or they can do it when they're like 70 but you have to go on a once in a lifetime journey and feed that story to a dragon 
and it's so cute and it's about like you know the enemies are like cat people who steal your food and stuff like that like or like oozes you know it's just goofy and it's fun and i love it and i recommend it uh ryutama i don't know if you can get it in print every time i've looked for it in print it's like bonkers expensive but the pdf is pretty cheap on drive through um another good one the sword the crown and the unspeakable power is kind of like a political fantasy game you can do a lot of different things in that but like very traditional high fantasy uh great system and then to get to like slightly grittier ones and rules heavy ones uh christian you and i i recently roped you into buying these games um i'm a big i'm a big fan of luke crane and his design uh from the burning wheel which is his big uh big magnum opus i guess you could call it um which is just an incredibly robust uh game engine for fantasy and um very traditional in its uh world building and setting kind of how it lays it out but you can do these really awesome life path things and then he also just put out torchbearer second edition which is a grittier low fantasy uh survival ish almost and then the last one i will recommend especially for those of you who don't have big groups of people to play with um is iron sworn and uh we can actually segue this if we want into the next genre but iron sworn is a really amazing game that was put out i think two years ago now uh by sean tompkin and it's amazing it's like uh viking era fantasy uh it's kind of weird like elves maybe exist and they're really mysterious and there are giants and there's uh, basically like you are uh the descendants of people who landed on these bleak shores and like you still haven't charted these world because it's just dangerous and everything comes across making an iron vow it's this really cool viking-ish era feel of a fantasy game but the coolest thing about iron sworn is that you could play it alone or you can play it with one other person and no gm and there are like cards and tables in the back of the book that if you roll a complication, you can just consult these tables and it'll say, oh, this thing happens. And it gives you great ideas to just move the story forward. And it has a really cool dice mechanic uh, that I really like and just feels neat. So sorry, I took a lot of time there, but I do love fantasy games. <laughs> it's OK. That's why we're here, man. What's the next category? If we want to do my segue, yes. uh, Sean Tompkin also recently just um, kickstarted, I think last year, uh, Iron Sworn Starforged, which is him taking the Iron Sworn mechanics and going into sci-fi. Yeah, it is very, um, I don't know if I'd call it space western, It's uh, but it's like Mass Effect-y where like, you definitely yeah. visit other planets and there are rules for like encountering new planets and stuff like that. So it's very big sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like space you, like, opera level. Yeah. Space opera more than anything. Yeah. Um, but I've uh, got the quick start. I've got a bunch of the preview edition stuff. Cause I'm a backer of that. And it looks really, really cool. Uh, for my recommendation on the sci-fi tangent, um, this game has been out for some time now, um, but I will, I have not seen a ton of people running it or playing it. So I'm going to put my vote out there for Numenera. Mm, damn it that was gonna be mine i'm i'm so excited about numenera it is numenera is set in a world where correct me if i'm wrong either of you the world has ended multiple times yeah it's like a billion years it's a billion with a b years in the future yes um and you are people exploring this world and 
finding strange relics of the past, which are, like, things from our time, or even things from, like, the future between us and the Numenera times. It's very, um, there's only three classes, per se, but they're all very loosey-goosey, and a lot of things can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Um, the world is very sandboxy and open, so if you like that kind of style, definitely give Numenera a look out. They also have a ton of supplementary yeah. books. Yeah, as I was gonna say, um, it's amazingly supported. It's just tons and tons of stuff. And if you're if you're you know smart and, and thrifty, uh, and you keep an eye on like Humble Bundle or, or a bundle of holding, they they run bundles really quite often. Seems like yes. a couple times a year they run a Numenera bundle. Yeah, I think definitely. I've gotten one from both Humble Bundle yeah, and Bundle of Holding at yep. this point. Yep, yep, I got my coffee from Humble Bundle, and it gives you so much, and it gives you literally everything you need to, to start the game. I'm and it's a really easy die, it's button. a really easy system, too, I think, because the GM doesn't actually roll any dice, it's only the players, mm-hmm. if I'm correct, and uh, and it's a fairly, the cipher system's pretty, seems like it runs pretty well. Well, we'll find out one day. So let's see, sci-fi, let me think. Uh, I am a huge fan of Stars Without Number. Mm. If you don't want to learn a new system, if you're comfortable and old like me, and you just want to play D&D, damn it, in space, uh, Kevin Crawford writes these wonderful, wonderful games that are based on the old school revival, which is just, it's it's a D6, D20 system. You know, you're, you're, you'll find all the stuff you love about D&D there uh, with a little bit of a different skill system. Uh, but the beauty of Kevin Crawford is the lists and tools he gives you to build your own world because there isn't necessarily a default setting for stars without numbers you make your own universe and you make your own stories within it uh it's pretty well supported he's put out a bunch of different kind of source books for it uh but it's a really cool sci-fi space opera game with its own support uh and you can add a lot of other things in it. it's very modular so you could add magic onto it you can add you know, psychic powers kind of come as part of it. You could add mechs into it. You could add ninjas. You could add mutants. You could add whatever you want. You could put it into that world. And I, I like modular things a lot in role-playing mm-hmm. games. I'm going to hop in before we move to the next genre, only because uh, I will, I'm trying not to talk about games I haven't run here, but I do want to talk about a couple of games that I, I really like the design of. Um, and I know that this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I've run quite a bit of Starfinder, and I find that that system is pretty good um it's definitely got some hiccups mechanically between pathfinder 1e and pathfinder 2e it's almost like they did it as an experiment between the editions but i will say this if you just buy into the tropes it it runs really well it's a fun system space Uh, fantasy space fantasy yeah exactly it's not so much sci-fi as it is space fantasy there's magic um basically everything devolves into a guardians of the galaxy but you know if you like that it's great um, another touchstone that people may be familiar with that I really like, and this is a, I believe it's free or pay what you want. And obviously, uh, when you're buying from indie RPG designers and developers, uh, do pitch them some money. They work very hard on these things. But, um, I recently found a game because my brother-in-law and I, and my wife and, and his, and their brother, uh, played a lot of destiny back in the day, destiny Two. Um, I recently found out that somebody made basically like a love letter RPG game to Destiny called Light. It is by Spencer Campbell. You can find it on itch.io. And it is a very true to form. Basically, do you want to play Destiny 2 or Destiny as an RPG? And I like it's only like 16 pages. And just the amount of work that they put in to make that work is really, really great. And uh, I threw him, I think, like a couple bucks when I got it. 
just because I was like, finally, I can give my brother-in-law the Destiny game he always wanted. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. If that, if it's all right, I'm going to plug a game I haven't run, but I think is a really cool sci-fi game. Do it. It's called Archives of the Sky, and it is by Aaron Reed, and it is a very much a storytelling science fiction game. Uh, and the basic basic premise is this: um, there is no faster than light travel. Mm-hmm. So you you the players they all live on these big ships to kind of you know you, you're in stasis as you travel from system to system and every episode is them arriving at a system they they create a house and every house stands for something uh, but the interesting thing about it is there's no there's no real dice it's a diceless game you ah. you actually use words you you pull from sci-fi novels to to create scenes and situations and things like that you're supposed to actually play with like a science fiction novel handy and like flip away on the page and pick a word and it is it seems really cool and it's only like i think it's like a 40 page game uh it's on drive through and it's relatively cheap and yeah check it out that sounds awesome as a really cool indie game for you yeah i i'm going to steal this segue so taking the the elements of diceless game story driven and going from far future to far past i'm gonna talk about one of my favorite rpgs it's good society there it is there it is i had to plug it i am so in love with this game um it is actually the game that i will be running for my first full stint on dms after dark uh coming around valentine's day because obviously I think it's January, right? Yeah, it's, it's January. Yeah. January, yeah. January, leading into yeah, February. leading into Valentine's Day, right? Leading into Valentine's Day, I scheduled myself like this. You on did. Purpose. You thought. You thought wisely. I I have a couple moments. Um, for those of you that do not know and have not heard me tout the praises before, Good Society is a game by the lovely folks over at Story Brewers. It is a RPG that takes place in the world of Jane Austen, uh, where. You are a a member of the society at large, Uh, whether that be good or bad for you. It is diceless. It can be run DMless. I was fortunate enough to get to play with V, one of the creators of the game, and she was able to run it as both a facilitator GM and as a player, and it did not break or affect the game at all. Um, So it's incredibly fun, um, very easy to pick up. And if you do not know anything about Jane Austen, you can still play it. The first time I ran it for this group, uh, I was like, hey, here's the game I want to run. It's based on Jane Austen. And Troy said, cool, who's Jane Austen? (laughs) Um, And then he went on to create one of the most fascinating and compelling characters in the entire story. I would argue that he made two of the best characters in the story. Two very different, but Very different, but very good characters. Um, So definitely give Good Society a checkout. They also have... Uh, a bunch of expansions, yep. uh, one that gives you, that adds a little bit of magic into it, one that adds like some vigilante justice, and there's another one um, where you are the servants instead of the members of good, like high society. And they also have a LARP version of the game mm. if you are a huge oh, cool. nerd like me and miss LARPing. I, and I think the, all those expansions are available in one book now called, I, I think it's called An Expanded Acquaintance. They have the complete set and expansion bundle, yep. Yep. Christian, do you have a historical RPG to pitch? Ah, uh, do I? Let me think. Uh, historical... I, I have one. I lived I most of history, so I don't tend to go back and roleplay them. <laughs> we did just recently decide that BC stands for before Christian. Right. So, so that's, those are the games that was before I played. Uh, I will say this. I know one that you do have. We've talked about it before. But I... What is it? I, Aegon. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that really historical or is it mythic, though? 
Well, it's, it's based on Greek myth. I yeah, guess. Greek mythology. Together. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Aegon's really cool. Aegon is made by the same people who Evil Hat, if, I, if I'm right. I'm pretty sure Aegon is made by John Harper, who did Blades in the Dark. Oh, also, really? I'm sorry. I then I was wrong. I so. Uh, so yeah, it is both. by John Harper. Uh, John Harper is a freaking genius. John Harper through Evil Hat. So yeah, you are both so correct. we're both right. Look at us. Well, I mean, even Blades in the Dark is Evil Hat. But yeah, I yeah, just yeah. wanted to make sure the the designer. Yeah, yeah. So friend. yeah, that Aegon is an awesome game. You you uh, play as a Greek hero. You have a god, I believe, that is um, your patron, if I'm right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I believe so. And, and you you have to you know the, the 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 opposition is an island. So you're sailing through the Aegean and you land on an island and something's going on on the island and you have to like write your story, your own myth on that island, uh, which is great. Yeah, that's that's a cool, very cool historical game that I have that I forgot I had. Thank you, Rainy. All good. Yeah, I'm old I and I forget have, sometimes. I don't have a whole lot of historical RPGs, but I actually have one here that I feel like I can talk about. Maybe I'm going to talk about two and then use one to segue if that's okay. Sure. So the two, like, I'm looking through my games and I'm like, ooh, none of these are really like historical, but I did find a couple that might qualify. I have another one I just thought of. Um, so one is actually live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it is got two days left. So actually, by the time this airs, uh, you will not even hear about it. But I'm sure you'll there'll be late pledges. It is called Shanty Hunters. It is a tabletop <laughs> RPG about collecting magical sea shanties in the year 1880. And you and I believe it even says that you're encouraged to sing your shanties at the table. Oh my god! It sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's by Tristan Zimmerman. Uh, he's made a couple of games and and done a couple. Um, kickstarters at this point and this game just looks super fun it uses the gumshoe system which we talked about in oh, our cool. mystery modified yep. roles episode so uh check to see if that's going to have late pledges um it's in my saved and i'm hoping that i uh can find the funds to buy it myself or back it <laughs> um in the next few days another historical rpg that i have uh i think it counts is uh vassin from freely oh i was gonna use that for horror you bastard Oh, well, okay, we'll do that, actually. That'll be the segue, then. We can talk about that, and I'll use my other one later. Vassen is a Nordic horror game. Is that correct? Yeah, I would almost call it... I guess it could be a horror game. I, I, don't, I don't consider it that it is, horrible, yeah. to be honest with you. It, is, I think it says it's, more it's of a, Nordic horror. Yeah, Nordic is, horror is um, what they said, but I would almost like... It's almost like a folklore sort of investigation yes. game, uh, yeah. which reminds me of another game which came out last year that I have, which is Desanction. The desanction, oh, right. which is uh, Elizabethan agents of the supernatural, where you play, you play these like people who are going to be executed for witchcraft in Elizabethan England, and Sir John D just kind of pulls you out, and you form like a secret society to go and fight monsters and ghouls and shit in England and wherever, uh, which is pretty cool. And and the really great thing about it is it's only about again about a forty page book, and I think that actually includes this first scenario. It is extremely rules light game. I will say, Vassin, the art is incredible. Oh, God. Like Vassin, most yeah, free league games, uh, they really focus on just incredible art. So if you have a role-playing game fan in your uh, circles or just somebody who really loves uh, incredibly well-done art and layout in a book, free league uh, publishing is a, definitely a good place to go. They also make Tales from the Loop. Um, they've made, they're making the new Alien game. But what was the other one? Uh, Things from the Flood, which is uh, more serious. Tales from the Loop. Oh, Simba Room. And Forbidden yep. Lands, which I backed on Kickstarter and have coming in soon as well. 
uh, which is a gritty survival kind of crazy monster game. <laughs> Sarah, you got any horror stuff? I was just going to say, make sure we're stepping into horror territory. I do. Um, I am going to give a shout out to one that I only discovered recently and now have fallen head over heels in love with, and that is Heart the City Beneath. Oh, yes. Heart is the, I almost want to call it the, the sibling game to Spire. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Heart, you are going into this, the heart, which is these underground realms and tunnels and everything is weird and scary um but everyone has specifically selfish reasons for going down into there with the knowledge that they are most likely not going to go out um so it has some very interesting character stuff the classes are fascinating um i will say skip the next 30 seconds if you don't like Talking about bugs and go. There is one class called the Deep Apiarist where you channel bees through your body and you are the hive. Um, That's cool. Warning about insects is over. All is good. Uh, But the game is also gorgeous, as mentioned with some of the other games. It swept the Ennies recently at Gen Con uh, for its artwork in particular. And its writing is also fascinating highly suggest giving heart a look uh we forgot to talk about one of the games that we wanted to talk about in sci-fi or sci-fantasy which is coyote and crow which is coming to uh fruition shortly um it is a game that i backed on kickstarter it is a really really cool concept and i love the fact that uh how it got made so it is a science fiction and fantasy tabletop rpg set in a near future where the Americas were never colonized, and it, it was created and designed by a team of indigenous Native Americans um, from quite a few different tribal nations and things like that. What else we got? Um, Superhero games. What you got? I know you like masks. Talk about masks. Yeah, so that's another one. Forget the segue because I kind of pulled us back there. But superhero games, uh, always popular with the MCU, obviously still dominating Disney, buying everything. Um, But if you and your friends don't want to play a game like Dungeons and Dragons with elves and dwarves and dragons, and you want to play superheroes, I have quite a few suggestions. Christian, I know you have quite a few. Sarah, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I will pitch the one that I think is the best that I've played, which is Masks, A New Generation by our... Apparently, this is I'm just a big fan of Magpie Games, but uh, Magpie Games is the publisher of Masks, A New Generation. It is a teenage superhero RPG, and unlike the game that Christian's going to talk about, Masks is very much about teen interpersonal drama and dealing with the growing up aspect of being a teenage superhero. It is a lot about those relationships. Yes, you have superpowers. Yes, you're fighting supervillains and crime and stuff like that but a lot of the moves are specifically about your relationships and about your conflict in the world as a teenager with superheroes so if you want to just play blow up new york save the world from aliens masks and i might not be the game for you i have but i will say that even then it does a great job of being a superhero game but at its forefront it is teen drama so yeah, so all right, so masks, teenage angst, and is that is that also powered by the apocalypse? So it's fairly rules. It is light. A powered by the apocalypse yeah. game. Yes. Uh, so if you want something crunchier, again, if you want that familiar warmth of the D twenty system, 
I will recommend to you Mutants and Masterminds. Uh, it has been out a while. Uh, it is very well supported. Uh, it's got a great design team. Steve Kenson, Crystal Frazier has written for it. <laughs> if you want to like blow up New York, like Rainey said, or you want to play basically any sort of superhero system or superhero story you think you want to tell, uh, I ran it extensively uh, in almost like an Avengers style game. Uh, which was worked out perfectly. Uh, I'll actually plug a really good um, actual play that's going on right now called the Umbra Initiative, which is running that game. And they are um, running it in, in a very low-powered, almost like um, almost like a Heroes sort of uh, sort of vibe to it, I, I would say. Uh, so it can it can do that. It can do cosmic-powered you know, like super guys who can just like you know super people can like punch a planet and destroy it. Uh, it can do it all. Uh, it's a very crunchy game. I will tell you that it's very easy to run once you understand it. The hardest thing is making a character. Uh, if you don't want to play something that crunchy, I also ran a very good game. I've talked about it a bunch with Sarah with Fate. Uh, so Fate and pick up something called Venture City, which is one of their worlds uh, for superhero games. And it just teaches you, uh, you know, how to make a superhero in Fate. Yeah, I was going to recommend, and I see Sarah just said in our little chat here that she was going to plug Fate because... Plug it again, Fate. Sarah. Tell everyone an awesome GM. Well, they am. <laughs> it's it's a great it's a great genreless system. Yeah, right? Fate it really is, is just a toolkit, and it does a very good job of capturing. A I think lot in of particular genres. it does superheroes well because it's built. You build tend to build very competent characters with Fate. So, um, and I will say the thing about Fate that I particularly enjoyed again while playing it um, is that the powers catalog allows for powers to be very vague. And used in a lot of weird and interesting uh, ways. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, if you have a DM like Christian who lets you bend the rules. Always. Uh, one of the characters, one of the players decided she wanted her superhero's power to be kind of a time travel thing. Uh, Christian just effed up the super speed rules and made it a time travel thing. Yep. Super speed and item summoning. And it worked perfectly without having her character be broken in any sense at all. So, highly suggest Fate for superheroes especially, but it's also just a good system you could use. Cypher, similarly, is another system that's good for superhero stuff. It's the system that Numenera uses, if I am correct. Yep. Uh, but just another very just open good stuff. As a matter of fact, I think they are coming out with a superhero, particularly a book for that, playing superheroes in the, with the Cypher system. Yeah, I'm a big fan of game systems that are genre agnostic when yeah. you come up with a mechanic that can handle that kind of diversity it's really incredible and there's a few of them like fate cypher yep. is very good honestly d20 yeah um, you can do a yep. lot of stuff with it but it's a little more work but things like cypher and fate do a very good job of uh, allowing you to build a lot of different types of characters for different types of games um i do have one other uh, suggestion for the superhero ones, and it is another PBTA game powered by the Apocalypse game because you know me, I'm the PBTA fanboy, but uh, a very different field than Masks, a new generation, is Glitter Hearts. And Glitter Hearts is a magical girl RPG. So think of all those, you know, Sailor Moon, Power Rangers, etc. You don't have to be a magical girl, but it is a magical kind of hero game. And I think that Glitter Hearts would do superheroes pretty well uh, if you went into it. Very, uh, you know, relatively short um, rule book at 138 pages, but uh, super flavorful and super fun. Oh, you know what? I have one other as well uh, for younger players. And this is going to be something we'll talk about um, in another episode. 
But there is a game that I've been wanting to play for a while called Excellence. You play princesses. That is princesses. Jess's game. Shout out yeah, to I Jess. Tried to pitch it this to is your game, Jess. Jess. Jess will run Excellence for us. I will make her. But it says here, it's time to princess up. You've earned a sword. You've won a crown. Now you have a responsibility to keep awesome world awesome and safe. Are you princess enough? Oh, did we mention the princesses are in a band together? Like, what an awesome... Listen, you know you're going to have fun with this, right? Um, so if you have younger players, uh, I believe it's a very rules-like game. Excellence. Check it out. Um, I will actually... So this is... I'm going to do something fun, funky, and unexpected and plug a game that's almost as old as I am. Oh my god, so old. Five, Five whole years? years? <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> uh, um... I completely forgot that I had even played this game until you said Sailor Moon. There is a Sailor Moon RPG. Whoa. Uh, it was made, I, I believe the original was printed in Japanese and then translated into English. One of the games, I forget if it is the original or the translation, is came out around 2000. Um, but it is a very, very fun game if you're big fans of Sailor Moon. Um, you are balancing your Sailor Scout life and your school life. There is literally a section with your DM where you sit down and figure out your school schedules. Oh, because cool. you have to deal with that BS. Um, it is a little crunchy in that aspect, but it's very fun. It's very, very fun to create your Sailor Scout identity uh, with all of your friends. And it's it's good stuff. Um I don't know where it is available online. I have only seen it in PDF format sent to me by my friends. I'm sure it is out there somewhere. It's probably but on drive through Yeah, but if you want to play the Sailor Moon RPG, it is out there, and it is a good time. That sounds great. I love the balance of, of you know, your abilities, your powers, your responsibilities, and your school life. Like, that's so good. You literally have to dedicate study time, and if your superheroing infiltrates with that, your grades suffer, which, like, causes things. It, it's oh, that's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the Persona video game series. Segway! Uh, there is a RPG game that was kickstarted last year and funded and has come through. I have the book. Um, and they have another Kickstarter live right now. Yes, it is a rookie jet game uh, by Corey Burns called Overarms, and it is based on games like Persona or uh, animes like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where basically people can unlock a power within them, and they use that power to fight. Uh, it's called Your Anima in this one. Um, but I will use this to segue, because this is a really cool game that is based on uh, like we were saying, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Persona, uh, the anime Fate, Fate Zero, things like that. Uh, and they're kind of more modern-based games. Like, they take place not necessarily in the real world, obviously, but in modern-ish settings. Do any of you have recommendations for modern or supernatural? Oh, I do. Uh, it's not a game games? I've run yet, though, but I so, so want to. City of City of Mist. I knew you were going to do that one. Oh, man. Yeah, because Rainy's been listening to me just like absolutely nerd about City of Mist for a long time. Uh, and I picked up a bundle, a Humble Bundle, and it's probably over now. But man, did I get a bunch of good stuff. And City of Mist is a modern noir um, game in which you play someone who not only has a normal life, but a supernatural life because you're the living embodiment of something supernatural. Now, that could be a god. It could be a concept. It could be a hero. You could be Hercules, uh, but you could also be like a trash collector. 
Uh, you could be a cocktail waitress who also happens to be Cleopatra. You could be all sorts of these things. Uh, and the great thing about City of Mist, there are two things. Uh, number one is that because it's a noir game, every every session opens up with someone doing the classic film noir voiceover, and the player it, it rotates across the table. Different players have That's to do awesome it based upon what's their, what's going on in their character's life. Uh, the second thing I love is that you have you have a mundane side and you have that magical side, and depending on which side you pay more attention to, you can like, you know, you can just focus strictly on your magical powers and become like this icon, but you're going to lose the part that made you, you human. Mm. You could choose to focus too much on your, your humanity, but that magical powers are going to fade away. And you might, you're in danger of forgetting maybe that you even have those powers because the mist makes you forget. Uh, so it's, it's a really, really cool game. I can't wait to play it. And I think it's actually powered by the apocalypse too. It is. Yeah. So there you go, Rainy. This is pretty quick for me. Um, I have unfortunately not played either of these two games that I'm going to shout out. Uh, one of them, uh, speaking on the modern but supernatural, is Monster Hearts 2. Heck yeah. Uh, Monster Hearts is a fantastic teen drama uh, RPG where you are normal teen kids doing teen things, but you are also supernatural beings. Uh, and you are having to just cope with that. Um they have a bunch of different, uh, they refer to them as skins that are kind of your different um, ability, like supernatural aspects to yourself. The werewolf, the witch, um, the infernal, the, the ghost, all of that stuff. It's um, very, um, almost Buffy the Vampire Slayer-esque. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, it is also mostly like a romance or like, you know what I mean, like drama kind it of game It is very too. about your relationships with one another yeah. and the monstrous aspects are a secondary to that and we we have that on the schedule of fight yeah a little teaser here another teaser be for valentine's day our valentine's day episode valentine's day wombo combo good society monster arts um the other modern one i'm going to mention is so it's this thing where rainy talks about powered by the apocalypse all the time i'm our story brewers person I am going to talk about Fight with Spirit. Oh, that was going to be my wild card. Oh, dang it. I'm sorry. I'm still No, go it. for We're it. We're talking about modern. Yes. Fight with Spirit, talking about anime, is a sports anime RPG. Yes. Um, it looks gorgeous. It is a, it's a big love letter to all of the good sports anime, like Haikyuu and all that, um, as well as like Western movies like Bring It On, Remember the Titans. Uh, it's just a you're a high school or college sports team, and but it's all it's all about your interpersonal relationships and how that affects the game and all that. It's I cannot wait to to play this and to get my hands on it because it. I am not a sports person. Clearly, I have never even watched a sports anime, but it. Looks, oh, please do. High cues on my list. It's very good. Um. But it looks amazing, and I cannot wait to give it a try. Um, yeah, that's on my list of games I want to run for DMs After Dark. Yes. But you are the story brewers person, so if you want to <laughs> dig into some sports anime... And no, I want to a... be a player in that game. Heck dude. yeah, man. Um, all right, so that was going to be my wild card one, but now I get to do a new one. No, that's great. Um, I will do two modern games. And I, guys, I tried so hard. I tried so hard to not pick Powered by the Apocalypse games, but here <laughs> yeah, I am bullshit. with not one... But two, um, very similar, but it depends on, I guess, what you're into. Um, 
Monster of the Week is a great mm. modern that is a uh, cool game. game. Twin Peaks, Supernatural, Scooby Buffy the Vampire Doo. Slayer. I mean, yeah, kind of Scooby Doo. I think that it's supposed to be a little more serious than Scooby Doo, but you could definitely do Scooby Doo with it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, Monster of the Week is just a great games where the real world uh, monsters exist, and you might be in the very, very, very small percentage of people who know this, and it is up to you to deal with those cryptids and supernatural monsters and things like that. Very cool game. Uh, on the other end of that scale is uh, Urban Shadows, which is uh, coming out with its second edition. Still waiting on that from Kickstarter, but back to that, um, where it's a little more monsters are out in the open. And it's like they are uh, various factions controlling a region, like a city or something like that. And it's about uh, faction play. So basically, you're a member of one of the factions like Mortalis or um you know the the witch people like the magic people or the werewolves or what have you and you're part of a faction and it's all about uh carefully navigating a city that is being fought over by supernatural factions if you want to play a monster of the week sort of game but you also want to be very depressed uh try delta green <laughs> oh yeah horror horror slash... modern horror yeah. Uh, conspiracy, very X Files sort of feeling, in which you're playing a, a member of a government agency, uh, but your job is basically to cover up manifestations of the Cthulhu mythos, and you know it, by any means possible, uh, which means making some really shitty decisions sometimes. Uh, it is a really beautiful game in a lot of ways. The way it's written, the lore behind it is tremendous, uh, but it's, in my opinion kind of like a I don't know if I want to play an extended campaign because it's pretty depressing too the, the way they write scenarios are really gut punches uh, but it is some people love that and it is a it's a hell of a game all right so I'm going to say let's each now think about it and pitch one more game that maybe didn't fit into any of these genres that we talked about that we either have and like or want to play in the near future and we can just you know tell people about yet another game this episode is basically just us gushing over the many other games that exist out there uh but also maybe hopefully we covered one of your favorite genres gave you something to look at uh maybe something that came out of left field and you go oh my god i never thought i needed a uh glitter hearts in my life but i might you know what i mean so everybody go around and and pitch one more invisible sun monty cook uh who also makes a cipher system the system's based upon the and cipher numenera. system and numenera yeah uh, Invisible Sun is uh, the best way to describe it is a surreal fantasy game uh, where you play wizards who are living in this this place called under the indigo sun in a city called Saturine. Uh, and basically the real world is a lie that you've been sleeping in and now you've woke up and you're living in the real world which is this wonderful magical weird freaking place uh, and the box it, it's not a game where you get a book you get a box called the black box uh, and it is just filled with awesome stuff uh, magic is is um, changed by this this deck of almost like tarot cards that you use while you're playing the game, uh, and it is just it's it's complex, it's awesome, it's a crazy game. Uh, and I will say, teaser, I'm pretty sure that's the one I'm going to be running next year. Uh, I I will go because I will. This will be a complete contrast to Invisible Sun, which is this giant, gorgeous box of things. I'm going to talk about a 33 page game. You are an adventurer baker seeking a powerful cooking artifact, and the Lich is a powerful but enemy-ridden spellcaster who longs to die. They are once again hosting an interdimensional competition to craft the dish that will set their soul free. Oh. This 
is Barry Mary, the Great Lich's Bake Off. <laughs> Love it. Folks, if you want to spend four hours laughing your ass off with your friends, if you like fantasy games and you like the Great British Bake Off or any over-the-top ridiculous cooking show, play Barry yes. Mary. So, absolutely, Barry Mary by Tritonus Games. It is eight bucks on Drive RPG. Cannot suggest it enough. You know what? I wasn't sure what I was going to do for my wild card last thing, but uh, you brought up a game we've played before, and I'm going to bring up a game that I've GM'd for you guys before, but not on stream. And it is a game that should be on most RPG people's radars, but if you are listening to this episode and want gift ideas for a loved one, I'm going to pitch you uh, a very popular game in the RPG space right now, Blades in the Dark. It is a game by a man we brought up earlier in John Harper, who did Aegon, but he's also done a lot of a lot of games from uh, simple things like Lasers and Feelings to the beautifully made Forged in the Dark system that is Blades in the Dark. You play in the post-apocalyptic uh, city known as Duskfall, where creepy leviathans swim through the inky black waters underneath a sky where the sun has exploded or burnt out or something crazy. And the ghosts of the dead roam the world and are only kept out of your city by lightning towers that are constantly crackling, lightning between them. The It is like gothic, Victorian, grimy, think Peaky Blinders if it was post-apocalyptic. You play a gang of scoundrels and you choose what kind of like criminals you are, from assassins to smugglers to uh, hawkers, so like drug dealers and stuff like that. Um, and it just takes place in a very corrupt, very dirty, very dangerous world. So, yeah, so um, those are three very good games uh, kind of at the end there. And, yeah, so if you have any games that you would love us to plug, please, by all means, message us. Tell us your favorite games you've been playing lately. Let us know uh, if you're getting any games or looking forward to any games that are coming out. Let's talk all things RPG. Uh, Sarah, why don't you tell them where you can find us? Yes, so you can find us at all social medias at DMs After Dark. Uh, if you want to send us a good old one-on-one, you can email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Uh, Modified Rolls, this podcast comes out around every other Friday, alternating with our Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash dmsafterdark. Uh, as of recording this, we are ruining uh, Rady's good old World of Avatar with all the love and care of a bull in a china shop, and it is fantastic. <laughs> so, hope you have a wonderful, nerdy, RPG-filled holiday season. Whichever holiday you celebrate or choose not to, have a wonderful gift-giving time of year. Whatever time of year it is for you. Stay cool, you big nerds, and we'll see you around. <laughs>